Welcome to Live with Domery Podcast here at Domery Healthy and Fit. Today I am doing the Instagram takeover for Bobcat Moretti. I am Domery Deshays, executive producer to Bobcat Moretti and the host of this live Instagram today. Welcome to the ring. I would love to introduce you to our guests today. It is Anthony Griffith and Brigetta Travis Griffin. They also have written the book, Behind the Laughter, a comedian's tale of tragedy and hope. Anthony is well known for his comedianship. He has also been in theater. His number one movies were Charlie's Angels, Full Throttle in 2003, Tales from the Hood in 1995, and The panther in 1995 as well and then you also know him as the famous comedian and today he's going to be bringing us the laughter and his story behind his success in hollywood moving forward with his life living with multiple sclerosis and also about their life together as husband and wife stay tuned Okay, well, we're live. Welcome, Brigetta. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you so much for being our guest today here at Bobcat Moretti in the ring. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And I apologize, Anthony and I apologize ahead of time for my held hand camera skills. I hope no one has to take their motion sickness meds. So we apologize. <laughs> blame it on me. I can't blame it on him, honey, because if he held the camera, we know what would happen. You know what? This is this is perfect. We've got the comedian show going already, right, Anthony? Yes. Instead of exactly. you instead of you telling all the jokes, it's forget it taking over the lines. Well yeah. I'm the I'm the straight man today. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're a great man today. That's right. Can can you all hear us pretty well? I can hear you perfectly. Yes. Thank you so much. So as oh, I was saying you. before I could get you online on the other one, I want to go over Anthony's career just to let everybody know one more time. Anthony, right. the handsome Anthony, you have been famous for your comedian shows around the world for over three centuries. You have been yes. in television, movies, game shows. You have, this is the really cool one. So let's tell everyone you were born in Chicago, Illinois. You're an actor, writer, and known for Charlie's Angels and Ooh, Full Throttle in 2003. You've also been in the movie Tales from the Hood. Yes. Tales from the Hood in 1995, and then also The Panther in 1995. You guys can look Anthony up and see how many comedian shows he's done. He's been at the Spaghetti Factory. He's been, he's been on cruises. He's been around the world making people laugh for centuries. And he had me laughing so hard the last time that the four of us went out to dinner that I think I might have peed my pants. Oh, Kegel, 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 Kegel. That's my goal for people to pee in their pants. Yeah, a little tinkle, that's, that's a little the tinkle. tinkle, tinkle, tinkle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so seeing I have not seen you in a couple of years because of COVID, 
Yes. How has life been? Because let's let everybody know you're living a nice, calm, quiet life right now. Absolutely. What we decided to do, and it was, uh, which, yeah, it was a democratic process. Yeah, it, you know, the majority won. They, I, yeah, don't you fear. But anyway, <laughs> what, what we decided to do was that we were going to get out of the city. And we decided that it would probably be best for us to take, um, how can I say, a sabbatical. And so that's what we did. We uh, just left the city and uh, decided to hunker down further north um, in between Kern County and Los Angeles County. Nice. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Nice. I love that. So now you're relaxing and enjoying the beautiful outdoors. Yes. Anthony, you can go walk around and feel safe. And also, everybody, mm -hmm. I want you all to know Anthony is our multiple sclerosis warrior brother and he yes ms warrior brother and yep. you have faced this disease with so much grace and so much pride and you always have this smile on your face anytime i see you i think you fall asleep with a smile <laughs> on your face. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> well, I, I, I received that, and as Brigetta told me, it's now 30 years of uh, being having this. Uh, so I'm uh, officially a, what do you call it? Beside us. You're survivor. A, you're a survivor. A survivor and yeah and a warrior absolutely and, yeah. yeah you are a true multiple sclerosis survivor and warrior that you yes. have yes. been because that comes from a lot of stress right anthony when you were on the road and like working a lot you probably had a lot of multiple sclerosis flare-ups yes yeah, so i had to learn eventually to get stress off me yeah, uh, yeah designated to some, someone else, yeah. Yeah, designated to someone else. That's I like that. I like that. Oh, you designated it to Brigetta. <laughs> Trust me, honey, it's like Teflon. It rolls off me like a duck, quack, quack. No, no, I don't receive it. If you know, Now, he'll tell you, if I see that he's uh, getting a little stressed or a little cognitively wobbly, what do I tell you? Take a nap. Take a nap. Take a you nap. Know this dog. I Naps do. Awesome. Naps you know, are the best. Yes, and I remember reading a small book about everything you want to learn about life. You learned it in kindergarten, and in kindergarten, they told you to take a nap. Ah, yeah. There you go. I love it. I love that advice, Anthony, and it is very true. And not just for people with multiple sclerosis or any autoimmune disease. Taking a nap is good for everybody. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It recharges. It allows one to indirectly and directly just kind of woosah. And even, you know, adults just as well as children uh, will, will fight a nap. But mm -hmm. that's the time that one should really, really in, incorporate self-care and just close one's eyes and just try to tune out the world and be okay with it. And he really can recharge once he's taken a nap. And, 
And all it takes is 20 minutes for me. Yeah. yeah he's good. You're recharged in 20 minutes? That's yes. fast. That's faster than a Tesla. You you are really like a super um, warrior of MS. How long does it take you to recharge if you take a nap after um, a busy day in between? You know, I actually take a two-hour nap every day. Me too. Mm-hmm. Two hours. Two hours. Remember I told you if you wake me up before two hours, what happens? She She's a bear. I am a bear. <laughs> Don't you, don't you even look at me before, a, don't you, an hour, I mean, 120 minutes, yeah, nothing less. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. okay. So, Anthony, you've been living with the disease for over 30 years, and you and Brigetta yes. have been married for 33 Ish. years? Ish. Ish. <laughs> Ish. So, you know... <laughs> Been playing in the uh, in the in the sandbox for. Oh, I think I lost you guys. Hold, just keep it going. It's gonna keep going. Don't hang up. It's just the Wi-Fi on her end. Stay with us, forget us. Stay with us. So yeah, they've been married for over thirty-ish years, and once they come back online, we're gonna get them to talk to us about how they've managed their lives in the world of, you know, living with someone that is constantly running around, constantly being in theater, on airplanes, you know, you name it. Anthony has done it. And Borgetta is also a doctor in psychiatry. So she's been able to deal with this disease very easily. Let's see if we can pull them back in. Hopefully they have a better connection. Hold on one second. And this is actually kind of what real life is like living with multiple sclerosis. You never know when it's going to attack us. So just like the Wi-Fi just let go of us, that is basically what happens to our brains every single day when you're not expecting it and all of a sudden you get shut down like the Wi-Fi. So let's hope that their Wi-Fi is back on and we get them back on the show soon and um, hopefully Brigetta can get it you know, still stable there. So I'm um, seeing that she's still connected, I'm sure. It probably is just the Wi-Fi. So to all of you watching the show that do not understand multiple sclerosis, it is a disease of the brain and the central nervous system. We cannot control our attacks or flares or anything that happens to us. And it comes on and it just hits us like a lightning bolt. Sometimes we lose our eyesight, sometimes we lose our speech, sometimes we can't even walk. And it looks like they're having a hard time with the connection again. So let me send this to them one more time. And that's also another thing about living with multiple sclerosis. Sometimes you just cannot connect and get that to work. So let's see here where they are. Anthony. And try this one more time. So. As an example of dealing with MS, what's happening right now with the Wi-Fi and Anthony and Brigetta's phone is basically what goes on in our brains every day dealing with this disease. 
Um, so that's a really good example. And you just, you just never know. It can hit you hard, hit you fast, hit you quick. Um, take a month. You just never know. And this movie, Bobcat Moretti, where Tim Roberto wrote this screenplay about the man living with the disease and fighting obesity and wanting to get his life back on track is truly the most amazing screenplay I have ever read. And I cannot wait for it to hit the movie theaters. We do have a GoFundMe page also that is on the Bobcat Moretti Instagram that you can go in and GoFundMe and send us some dollars from there and help us get this movie in the theaters sooner than later. And then you know that you are a part of living history and going down i'm gonna try again and try to pull them in i think it is their wi-fi so let's see what happens again okay anthony come on let's see actually i'm not going to keep saying anthony it's brigetta brigetta if you can hear me find the right button and come back on so also with um brigetta and anthony's um life they have also written a book and it is called behind the laughter the comedians i don't want to see your boxes <laughs> oh my god i told you it was gonna be a funny comedian show today you don't want to see uh, my work boxes and my address there i just picked up a I just picked up a um, Amazon package, but anyway, um, uh, our battery ran out, so uh -oh. please forgive us. So while you were gone and I was trying to get you on, I was trying to explain to everybody in the world, this is basically what happens to our brains, living with multiple sclerosis. Yes, we don't exactly. know when it's going to shut us down, right, Anthony? That's yes. a great analogy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so can you pull the camera back a little bit away from you so I can see all four of your eyeballs instead of just two? There we go. <laughs> all right. Oh, this is full of laughter already today, and you're not even on stage, Anthony. Yes, and we, we have great news also. I can't today. wait. Are you going to tell me now or are you going to make me wait? Well, you tell me what you want me to tell you. Okay. Um, tell me now. I want to know what the good news is. The good news is that um, Hollywood has decided to make a movie about our book. Yay! Oh, my gosh. Congratulations. The book Thank is you. called Behind the Laughter, a comedian's tale tragedy and hope and here it is for all of you guys and this is their life story so who picked it up and when do you start well you know they we found out this week they've been quietly auditioning auditioning people yeah auditioning people yeah yeah because the uh, comedians and actors have contacted me and said, hey, is this your, is this your story? It sounds oh. familiar. And I, and I went, yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And we don't tell people because Hollywood starts, stops, starts, yeah. stops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so they take their time at the, the bureaucracy, not unless it's an independent project. And you can appreciate the independent projects. Uh, there's uh, much less bureaucracy. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so that's that's your news. Huh? Yes, right. that's my news. Yeah. I am so excited for you. This is incredible. People, before the movie's out, you have to order this book today. Behind the Laughter, a comedian's tale of tragedy and hope. And this is their life story of everything that they ever went through with the 30 plus some years that they have been married together and they have faced so much in their lives. And I have to say that not just Anthony is an MS warrior, Brigetta is also a beautiful MS warrior wife that has gotten both of you to where you are today and that is just absolutely fantastic well thank you for acknowledging that part of being the uh the supporter of the the warriors and their journey and i consider myself you know a chief inspirational officer in our home because uh you know it's warranted and if one cannot be a cheerleader of a warrior then what's the use What's the use? So my role is is to encourage, empower, and to uh, be an accountability partner because there are times that he just doesn't. Well, I won't go. I won't get too secretive. <laughs> there, are times, there are times when he just needs the uh, like like the boxer and the trainer just needs that encouragement to just come on, get up and go. You can do this. I got you. I got you. I love that. I love that. And, you know, when we, I have to share with the, with the whole view of the world that's watching, um, when we had dinner together, the four of us, it, Anthony and I could not come up with certain words, and you, Brigetta, and Robert were actually, like, answering our words for us. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of like the husband-wife dual team that really lives with the disease and helps us out with the multiple sclerosis and it becomes such a part that you guys literally read our brains when you know that we can't get the the words out yes and it's 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 interesting that if anything i have to she has to uh go through a fine line of when i when he needs help or is he just pausing to think of a creative word or yeah. if I need to help him. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's, I'm still fine tuning that. I, that, that skill is still emerging for me because uh, sometimes I literally have to walk out of the room because I can just see him looking for the word. And, and there's a medical term for it. I won't bore you all with that medical term, but, um, but the lack or lack of a better word is kind of like the tip of the tongue. And I see it. I see it just cognitively. I just see his brain just going. And I sometimes say to myself, until he asks me for help, just like, give me the word, give me the word. I will sometimes have to walk out of the room because I I just see it on his face that he's he's having some, some cognitive challenges. He knows the word, you know, but... You know, until he asks me for it, and then other times I get a little cocky, 
Right. I'll ask for it, and she'll say no. this movie that the world understands multiple sclerosis and all of the tragedy that it brings with it but also the love that comes through when families could stick together and community supports each other which the yes. two of you do Robert and I do every other warrior in the world out there with their families yes. like this movie has to come to the theaters so if you can go fund us five dollars give up your Starbucks for a week and right. donate to the GoFundMe and be a part of living history because yes. this is the first movie ever made and then yours will be coming out of the disease Bobcat Moretti having multiple sclerosis and then we look forward to having your movie come to life yes. and, and you know, the beautiful thing um, when you're talking about family um, my nieces and nephews uh, have now gone into uh, jobs occupations like one my one of my nieces is a masseuse yes. because she said you know what uncle tony i've watched you and i told myself i'm gonna figure out yeah. how to help someone with ms mm -hmm. so she went in and i have a niece another niece and a nephew that said uncle tony we've watched you we see what the problem is and we're at the age that we can go out and try to fix it yes yeah Yes, the baton has been passed. And they're fully aware now that they have to um, incorporate certain foods and have a lifestyle that will hopefully uh, kind of, you know, kind of tamp down those potential symptoms. And uh, the Bobcat movie, I'm telling you, I I mean, just to see that transformation. Yes. And, and wait to wait to oh. see, Tim, when he when we start filming again. He has worked so hard at, he went in at 300 something pounds. He's okay. lost 130 pounds already, training, moving forward, boxing. 
I mean, it's just, this movie has so much more to it, and it truly is all about what you two have dealt with, with the disease as husband and wife, for better or for worse, for richer or for poorer. This movie is all of that, and it is going to make you cry, laugh, scream, gasp, you name it. This movie is going to bring it to the world in the raw form of what this actually does to us as humans. He's kicking MS's arse. He's kicking MS out the ring. You got to go. You You are no longer invited. You have to go. You cannot hold domain over me. And that boxing analogy is just, I just love it. I know, right? Right? Everyone's going to be in the streets with the little gloves on. Their little Bobcat Moretti. Bobcat Moretti! You know? It's going to be amazing. Amazing. So, oh, what a great project. Thank you so much. I'm very honored to be a part of this a major film. But Tim Roberto wrote the most amazing screenplay. And it's also based off of his mother's life. Because Tim's mom has multiple sclerosis. So he did a spin on it with everything that happens within the family. And turned it into like this amazing boxing that is amazing. Yeah. And then Sally Kellerman, what role does she play? Because you all have some heavy hitters. No pun intended. <laughs> you all have some heavy hitters in this We project. do. And Sally is playing, I believe she's playing his mother. Awesome. She's won a Golden Globe, Emmys, you name it. We've got Vivica Fox. She Absolutely. is the... She is in the ring and the coach, like, come on, you can do it. And mm-hmm. if I had Vivica in me at my face, I, I'd be like, let's go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do she's, this. she's the accountability partner. She represents in this in this film how uh, one may not like being held accountable uh, for taking that next step, but she's not there. She's just not serving the purpose of being his friend. You know, she's just a facilitator of uh, 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 empowerment and that warrior status. Exactly. So I just love it. I love how she represents that uh, for, for him. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, Tim, thank you. I, we all thank you so much for Absolutely. making this incredible Absolutely. movie, for bringing it to light, for bringing it alive. And yes. for the fact that it's, you know, other than a documentary, it is the, the first motion picture movie of true life and how this disease truly hits us. And that's why I wanted you to be our second guest today because of being husband and wife. Like you met and Anthony didn't have MS and you were in love. And right. so I want you to kind of go back in time a little bit of... I remember when you told us your first date. So let's give the viewers a little bit of that. <laughs> well, for me, I well, I've learned now that women, um, what they they first look at your shoes. Yeah, yeah. And then they look at your nails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Don't y'all lie. Now I know you all are out there. Come on now. You know you're looking at a brother's shoes right now. Come on. <laughs> oh, that's true. 
That's true. Okay, so I know the story. Can you share it with us on how shy you were, Anthony? Oh yeah. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm uh, incredibly shy. So um, I don't know why uh, I've learned to go on stage and talk to a lot of people, but I'm really quiet. Um, yeah, I'm just. You would never know. I was never the class clown. Right. I was never the person in the room that. Oh yeah, yeah. He's funny, people. I would. I was sneak in and sneak out. Yeah. And I. I misinterpreted that. Now, if you hear a lawnmower, that's our landscaper right now outside. The that's okay. Street. I don't hear them. It's okay. Okay. So. So I misinterpreted his shyness for self-centeredness and narcissism. And that was because I was bringing my own stereotypes to the, you know, to my impression, you know, and mm -hmm. to the, not to the relationship, because once we decided to date that, you know, that all, you know, that all fell by the wayside. But my initial perception of him was that instead of him being shy and bashful, that he was out partying all night. And that's why he was, you know, falling asleep in the employee lounge and so mm -hmm. forth. And um, I had to have some friends to convince me, no, that is not that brother. No, it's not. He's, he's a very well behaved young man and he loves his mom and, and I worked and he worked he was yeah you were working you were I was going, going to school going to college and yeah I, and I was starting stand-up doing stand-up yeah brother was tired <laughs> brother was real tired <laughs> yes and I didn't appreciate that you know I I couldn't I couldn't embrace that at the time because I wasn't mature enough to embrace it mm -hmm. so yeah mm -hmm. true so that's how we ended up uh, kind of getting together because there was an intervention uh, of my friends who just said, you know, just give him a chance. He's not going to come up to you and ask you out per se, but just give him a chance. And because back then, you know, I was coming into my own and being a, a strong black woman in my early 20s. You know, how much strong that how much stronger could I have been? Not much. But uh, I decided that I would just ask him to go on a company um, event. Yes. Yeah. It was safe that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was no safe. Because <laughs> we had all our friends around to kind of keep an eye on him. That Oh, keep an eye on him. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I get that. Uh-huh. I got you, Brianna. Keep yeah. an eye on him. All right. So you you dated, you fell in love, you got married, and little by little, Anthony, your career started to take off. And before you knew it, you were a comedian. You were moving further into Hollywood and the whole Hollywood thing. What part of the first part of your young career do you remember the most? that you like uh, still remember? Um, Star Search. I remember Star Search because um, I went out to Hollywood. Uh, I I had 69, I bought three, six silk shirts that cost 
$69. Total. <laughs> Total. And I thought I was the man. <laughs> and I, had, I had three shirts that cost $69 and one um, pant, pant, uh, pairs, a pair, pair of pants, one to uh, perform and one to fly. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. that's what I remember the most. That's what you yeah. remember, your wardrobe. Uh, your wardrobe. Yeah. You loved your wardrobe. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. He had nice shoes, good fingernails, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and a good wardrobe. Yeah, so. he didn't scrimp on the shoes. He may have scrimped on those cheap shirts, but he did not scrimp on the shoes. There you but go. It translated pretty good on television in the '90s. I mean, you know, it it you know his choice of wardrobe translated pretty nicely. Yeah, so, so. it just showed that I was broke, and <laughs> I went to Hollywood, and I thought I didn't know uh, how many shows I would do, but I wound up doing seven because, um, yeah. So if, if you if they showed. So tonight, um, Star Search, which thank God they don't anymore. <laughs> if they show, they would show my shirts rotating, yeah, but my pants staying the same. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's good. They're a good pair of pants. They were your lucky pants. Yes. 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 So, yes. so Anthony, tell me the first time you presented your comedian show, and where was that at? When you walked up on stage and did the show, other but after Star Search, um, well, you know, uh, back then you performed wherever you could. So I would be at fast food restaurants. I would be at the uh, before Star Search. Yeah, yeah, I would be at uh, um, what do you call it? Um, where they get married? Everywhere I would try churches. To <laughs> yes. Yes. In churches, yeah. At a bowling alley, you know, so you had the mic, and then uh, they're they're trying to do a bowl, and then the mic will cut off so a speaker can go, hey, we need somebody on lane eight. Oh, right. (laughs) And and then the mic would come up again. So it was, you didn't know that, um, you know, I think if I thought about it too much, uh, I wouldn't have never done. But it was it was a lot of fun. That's yeah. great. I love that. Is there one joke you can give us today? I mean, you make me laugh all the time. But let's think yes. of a joke you can tell us right now that the audience can really see that that Anthony, that that comedian. Oh, look at that amazing face. You still look like you're 20. <laughs> do I have a joke, honey? Uh, she knows my jokes more than I do. I tell people that uh, wives of comics, if they did shows, they would have people laughing because they know the nuances, they know the when the pauses and all like that. I have a favorite joke. Okay. Uh, because it's really cynical. It's a bit. Um, and the, a lot of his bits are true, except for the dogs talking and stuff like that. <laughs> That's a little much. 
But there's one bit that he does that it's, it's a classic and I love it because it, it addresses assumptions and stereotypes. And uh, he talks about, and I'm just gonna lead up to it. He talks about kind of how he goes into the grocery store and because he's tall, uh, he's 6'4", there's always, there are always people who recruit him to get stuff off the top shelf, right? And uh, uh, the big goes, and he'll stop me. It's like, hey, um, can you, uh, no, you're, you're tall. You, you're kind of tall. You play basketball? No, I don't play basketball. Yeah, but you're tall, though. Yeah, but I don't play, though. You're mighty tall. I'm just saying, you're tall. And then there's a bit where he's uh, a person will come up to him and go, um, excuse me, can you get that off the top shelf? And he go, no. Nah. <laughs> up here and your stuff is down here. Right. Nah. I don't ask you, can you get that can uh, on the lower shelf? Right. I love that bit. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh so my that's gosh. That's funny. I could totally see him doing that. Yeah. No, I'm not going to get that. Oh. I, I, see people, I see people when they come, I see them wanting to ask, how can we best ask that guy to help to us retrieve, right? retrieve no. that can? No, it's my shelf. That's your shelf down there. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I like it because it's cynical. I just, I just like it's cynical stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after... After uh, our daughter made her transition, her final transition, his comedy got up, you know, significantly dark. Yeah, biting. And uh, yeah, it reflected kind of the journey that he was going through emotionally. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a very difficult time in your life. And reading the book was, it's, you don't want to stop turning the page because you really want to know what happened. And the fact that it's all in the book, it really touches your heartstrings of everything that you went through with your beautiful daughter and um, being born and leaving you at two years old and passing away. And I will forever have her in our prayers and have the two of you in my prayers. And Thank you. A lot of angels. A lot of angels looking over us. Yes. Yes. A lot of angels. So not only have you been through, you know, MS, you lost your daughter and she passed away. Um, But that is also what is the book about that they are making your life movie of behind the laughter, a comedian's tale of tragedy and hope and you both still stuck together through all of this and you also struggled with the being upset and and lashing out at each other because you loved each other so much that you knew it was a it was a safe place for you to be able to get mad right and lash out yeah i think intellectually Intellectually and emotionally at that time, uh, we were we were not mature enough to kind of articulate it the way you so brilliantly did. But there's something about safety and love and the, 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 the manner in which we expressed our grief and um, went through our journey. We wouldn't have expressed that or revealed that to 
someone who wasn't an intimate, uh, intimately involved in our lives. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and that also just reflects too how important it is to appreciate that even in, within the same household, we both grieved differently. Right. And I appreciate now that it was important for us to have our, our emotional privacy. Sometimes I, you know, I kind of invade his uh, privacy emotionally now. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was just really interesting how he dealt with it from a perspective of a black male who could not show, um, for lack of a better word, the impression of being weak or emotionally weak, and how I dealt with it um, from a mental health perspective. Mm -hmm. And uh, until really we started this project and our co-writer uh, co uh, um, kind of took down, uh, you know, kind of talked to us about how we perceived each other's uh, situation, it was different. I mean, I he didn't know some things about me and I didn't know uh, how he was dealing with the journey of, of our daughter's transition. And uh, we, sh we need to appreciate kind of what that's like even within our own home. Yes, and it's so true because we all do face grief differently um yes and as you know Brigetta, you know we lost five babies before five angels. and yeah. um that was a very difficult grieving time in my life and Absolutely. i had a hard time expressing how i felt to robert and i didn't know yeah. i had ms at that time but as I you remember know. reading the book um it was just i was I was lashing out. I was angry. I didn't want to be here anymore. I just, yes. It, yes. it's a very difficult spot to be in. And Anthony, at that point, you probably didn't know you had MS, but you actually had MS starting earlier in that time of your life. Yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. Um, Thank I you. I grew up uh, with a young lady who's, she has a, she's a doctor now. Yeah. And she said, you probably had MS longer than you thought, but because you were younger, yeah, uh, that you know you you um, got through it. But she's but she even said that you probably had it longer. And what happens? This is one of the theories: is that MS is dormant, and it takes some uh, tragedy. To bring it up. A significant stressor, yeah, a trauma. That is so, very so, true. Yeah. And the more research yeah. that you read today is exactly how it is. And I know I had it in my twenties and then in my thirties it was it was coming at me like a phantom of a ghost that I could never see. And it was oh, destroying me. And I know that with you battling everything with your baby girl and trying, you always being at the hospital and Anthony being on the road and both dealing with trying to love each other and not Anthony not quite knowing what was wrong with him. You said his comedian, like things started to get a little more, he never swore, which is a great thing, but his comedianship what started to get a little bit darker and that was his way of dealing with something's wrong with my body and I I can't be there for my wife and my baby girl and that is very very 
hard to deal with. And once again, please read, get their book, Behind the Scenes, um, Behind the Laughter, A Comedian's Tale of Hope and Tragedy. And that's what we are discussing right now. And I'm so excited that it's going to be in the theaters and people are really going to understand that the two of you, no matter what, you have stuck through thick and thin. You're still laughing. You're still holding hands. He's still giving you kisses on your cheek. <laughs> and see that? Look, how can you yell at that? Look at that face. Yes. <laughs> no, he does. He does. He does keep telling me that. And the awesome thing about our relationship and i think this is is this can be applied to other relationships as well regardless to whether their trauma has been that type of loss or other types of losses um but one thing about us is that we're on opposite ends of the spectrum of personality but we have that those main core goals mm -hmm. and think that is that has been the the glue that has passed the litmus test for us is that we have those 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 four goals which is our faith and the importance of perseverance and a great work ethic and being able to we're continually learning to be active listeners and not make too many assumptions but for me my medicine is laughter and he makes me laugh even though half the stuff he says is not funny but <laughs> really makes me laugh and he'll pull me out of that uh that chicago angry black woman from the south side thing and when he sees that that i'm starting to get frustrated he'll just start laughing and how do you and he's right how do you how can you just reject somebody who's who's incorporating laughter into the room it's infectious and typically, you know, I'm in my feelings and I have to exit the room because I don't want to acquiesce and say, yeah, you're right, you was funny. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, I love that. I love that you get right in her face when she's mad and you just start laughing. That is yeah. that is true love. And you're just like, you can't, uh, you can't laugh. You can't get mad at me. I'm laughing. I'm smiling. Look at that smile! It's still brightening up the screen here. You can see it all the way up in the stars. Oh, you're so sweet. And and you know, I would I would also say we we both you and us you and I once you lose a child in hindsight, there's nothing that you can't handle. That's right. That's a good point. I mean, once we lost a child. Yes, yeah. um, you losing your job, you losing money, you losing, that's all? That's, that's all? it? That's all you get? That's all you get. Yeah. So, so it seems like when the MS came, I was prepared because of losing my daughter. Yeah, that was his, that was his baseline. Yeah, that's how I am about pain. You know, sometimes you have to go to the happy place mm -hmm. in order to uh, kind of deal with certain things. With me, with pain, with getting shots and getting any kind of treatments or whatever, I think, well, my goodness, I just need to put on my big damn girl panties because a three-year-old went through more than I went through. And with her injections and her 
chemo and getting bone marrow transplant. How dare I complain? That's why my perception of complainers, it, my tolerance for them is pretty low. It's pretty low. And I'm working on that. I'm working on that because you never know what someone's been through. But when I... Uh, I, when I'm amongst whiners for no significant uh, a reason, I just I just I just have a little tolerance for it because my my uh, prism of which I look at those things I just it's changed it's forever changed me and um, and maybe that's a characterological thing maybe I've always been like that but um, yeah comparing and then when I don't know when people ask, you know, how many children you have and, you know, you, then you have this whole decision tree in your head. Well, do I tell them that's rude? You don't ask a person how many children they've had, or are you going to have more children? Because they don't know if you have angels that have uh, transitioned on, if you cannot physically bear children. If you want to adopt, that's such a loaded question. It is a loaded question. And it's difficult for the ones of us that have lost a child. Um, And it's, you can either really accept it and just give them the entire details and then they don't know what to say. Or you can just say, I'm not ready to deal. I'm not ready to discuss that right now. But in your light right now, you can actually say, if you want to know my life, go buy my book. <laughs> I love you. Dr. Don Marie. Yes. If right? You life, if you want to know my life, here yes. it is. I love that. Thank you. There that you is go. a great thing. See, because I'm thinking of don't cuss them out, Borgata. <laughs> That's why we're friends, because you balance me out. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> go, go buy my book if you want to know okay. my life. And then that's we can talk. Right? Yes, that's very empowering. That's very empowering. And it's a lead-in for a further conversation. Exactly. Yes. Thank I you. like that. Thank you so yeah. much. You're yeah. so yeah. welcome. Sometimes people ask. Yeah. And... And um, big question: If I tell if I tell them the truth, which we have, and some people can't recover, yeah, emotionally, they're literally can't we're picking them up, <laughs> and I think it's because they begin to see their if they had if their children passed away. Yeah, they can identify. That identification is is uh, so much more significant than they would have even imagined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And through it all, you know, Brigetta, you shared in the book, I don't want to give too much away because now it's going to become a movie and people need to go buy the book so they know what's going to be in the movie. But then I know it's going to be like, oh my gosh, both. But um, you shared in your life and um, about losing your swim cap. Oh! And how you were like, uh-uh, no, from a little childhood. And I, this is where you got your female balls. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do. 
swim cap strap. Your swim cap strap. Yes. That stuck with me and still sticks with me today. Wow. Wow. Can you share a little bit about that? Not, but not, don't give too much away. Just. Okay. Okay. Well, needless to say, we all uh, walk around with the overcoat of our childhood experiences. Mm -hmm. And we um, deal with um, typical peer conflict will, will be reflected in how we experience that in our homes. I'll put it to you that way. And there are two people or two entities that I am still, I'm, I will hesitate with when it comes to anxiety. Well, not anxiety, but I tend to have a lot of that, but fear. And that is God and my mama. God and my mama. And there was this girl who attempted to bully me. And uh, needless to say, she didn't, she didn't bully me any further because I would have had to go back and let my mother know that the mission was not successful of me getting my swim cap strapped back. Yes, and the best news is that's when you found your personal strength yes. of within your your armor. Your yes. forget armor that like kept to kept you through all of the difficult things moving yeah. further into your adulthood life, your marriage, and dealing with everyday stresses. So it's, we call it childhood traumas and things, but that's what builds us as a human. Yeah, I agree. It's our experience. Mm -hmm. It's our experience and how we navigate it and how we redirect it to be more pro-social, pro or um, maladaptive, I think it depends on the supports we receive throughout our adult lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, he's he definitely had a different type of childhood experience and uh, we learned from it, you know. Um, and he knows I get trauma triggered and, uh, and he knows it because I tell him, if I keep my mouth shut, then he won't be aware and be accountable for how that his his behavior makes me feel not that he has to own my feelings no 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 he doesn't have to own my feelings but to be aware of how people get triggered mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. because his experience was different than mine vastly different yeah vastly. i would i would say uh, i guess a trigger for me would be um uh my biological father uh, his birthday is the day before mine. So yeah. even though uh, he left early and it became uh, what this father, uh, Papa was a rolling stone. Oh, the Temptations so, record. Yeah. So I'm, I'm the oldest, but then I realized he had two other families after, you. after yeah. me. Yeah. So um, you know, and I get that triggers me because then the other two kids, other two family members, kids are like, no, he's like this and this, and I'm going, no. Mm -hmm. Because you saw him in, in your life as your dad, and he changed differently, and now he is a dad for other children, and that is trauma in itself. Right. 
brings up a lot of abandonment issues and, and mm-hmm. the what ifs and the grass on the other side. And it's about perception too. It's about perception. Exactly. If, if he had a conversation with the other sets of children, they would see things differently, but everybody's experience is their experience, their journey. But nevertheless, we must honor his triggers. Yes, and we all have triggers. And when your partner realizes what those triggers are, to live with someone with such a drastic disease of multiple sclerosis or any disease at all, when you learn to identify those triggers as husband and wife or partners, you are able to get through the thick and the thin. And you're able to like let that slide off or listen, we're going to get down to business and we're going to get through this. And I think, I think the the cool thing is that Brigada is a let's get down to business person. But that took me a while to find my voice, my literal voice and, and, and modulated. So, uh, that I wouldn't go uh, from zero to ten in the angry place because that's how I was raised. Uh, and then I went to the, how can I say, the more passive place and lost my voice. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so you know, um, but I, I believe in you know, don't sit on it. Just just cap. Just just you know, address it right then and there. And um, there was one day I don't know if you remember this. There was one day, I guess, you know, my vocal volume went up a little. Uh, you know, I didn't realize. <laughs> and he, he challenged me. He says, why is your, why, why, why are you yelling? No, no, you didn't use the word yell. You said, why is your voice, why, why are you getting loud? And I was like, oh, I started to clutch my pearls, girl. I said, what? I said, why are you? You know, why are you saying that? He says, because you told me to. You told me to address things when it happens instead of sitting on it. And I was like, I almost did a, a, an earth a kid purr. Like, oh, that's a little pheromones. I'm like, oh, hey, daddy, I'm impressed. That turned me on. Look at his face. He's so happy. Look, he's just like, mm-hmm, I got her. I got her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the accountability, right? It's the accountability of picking each other up, putting it on the table, saying what is right and wrong. When your spouse surprises you, acknowledge it. When they tick you off, acknowledge it. When it's comfortable and loving, acknowledge it. And share the pain, share the fear, and share yes. everything that happens with both of you. Because yeah. Anthony is physically dealing with the pain of multiple sclerosis. You are physically dealing with the pain that you love him so much that it hurts you when he's in pain. Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. And, and um, yeah. her father had a great saying. Do you remember that when- he tells you, I love you. Oh, <laughs> yes. He would, he, my dad, just an awesome guy, just, you know, and I will see him soon, but not too soon in heaven. But he's made his journey. But he, he was always so transparent with me, unlike 
his wife, i.e. my mom, my dad would put it out there. He would be non-judgmental. He would be it would be with love and with care. And I remember one time, I guess I was acting too bratty for him to even own me as a child. And and uh, he, you know, he referred to me by my nickname. And then he said, you know, I love you, but I really don't like you right now. And I was like, oh, 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 uh-uh, my feelings are hurt. But he told me the truth. And that's when I could appreciate the difference between uh, uh, love that you you don't have to like everybody that you love. You really don't have to. You don't have to break bread with your molester. You don't have to call up the person who beat you uh, 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 as an ex-spouse. You don't have to do that. You let it go. You forgive. And you don't have to like them. You may always love them or may not. You may mm-hmm. no longer be in love mm-hmm. with them, but there's no law that says that you have to like a person. And it was fluid. Thank goodness like is fluid because there are many times that I do not like him. I don't like his behavior. I'll put it that way. Oh, come on. Look at each other right now and forget it. Look at that face. Once <laughs> <laughs> now, I think once... She called me out my name, and I just started laughing. Again, yeah. I started <laughs> laughing, and she said, what? Stop laughing. And I just <laughs> laughed. I was crying of laughter. Yeah, I remember that. Because it was literally like, okay, out of 30 years, you've called me out my name once. That's a good track record. That's true. That's true. The bell is ringing. Somebody's ringing the bell. How dare they? <laughs> not answer. Not answer. No, it's not going to happen. I did hear the bell ring. It's the angels. When every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets their wings. I love that. I love that. Yes. They, they they rang and they knocked. And I don't have time to look on the camera to see if it it's was. It's okay. Like, if it was a package, they'll leave it at the front door. It's all good. It's yeah. all good. Packages, girl. You saw one of my boxes. <laughs> so I remember this one story. Hopefully, Anthony, that you can remember it. Um, you were booked for a cruise yes. to be a comedian on the cruise ship when you finally got on the cruise ship and you started to notice who was on the cruise ship tell us from that point on it was a it's a cruise i think they they have it annually uh, M, uh you, were there, you were there for something else right it's a M, ms cruise and i was just uh performing to perform uh but uh, i noticed Half the um, passengers were on wheelchairs or had uh, some kind of assistance. Kind of assistance device. Yeah. So um, people had said, I said, oh, what is this cruise for? And they said, oh, people with MS. And I was saying, I have MS. And they were saying, no, no, you don't. And remember, he's in the closet uh, with Hollywood. He hadn't let Hollywood know. Which was bane of my existence, but yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I said I do. So they said, "Okay, run there 
We run back. <laughs> I ran there. I ran back and they said, no, you don't have MS because you can't do all of that. And I said, well, yes, I can. So a uh, little bit I know um, coming down the line, but yeah. But I went to all their workshops uh-huh. and seminars. And yeah. So when I did the show, they were like, wow. And I think that helped them and say, even though you have MS, because yeah. I think I text uh, something yesterday, just because you have MS, it does not allow you to um, well, go to sleep. No. Uh, it doesn't yeah. allow you to stop living your life. So you are yeah. showing them yeah. that I have yeah. a mass. Yes, put on your big boy pants and live life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that cruise, that cruise was the beginning of him coming out. Mm-hmm. Out to Hollywood. Yeah. To, they were like whispering and like, is Anthony drinking? Which he doesn't drink is something's up with him. Yeah, he doesn't drink, he doesn't swear, ever. Nope. Nope. (laughs) That was left up to Jim Carrey, your buddy. You and and Jim Carrey together on your your tours, he he did the swearing. You were the good boy. Yes, I was the good boy. Yeah. And and even when uh, I uh, toured with um, Bernie Mac, he always said, hey, this is good because you're like the angel and I'm the devil. So <laughs> come out and say, church is over. As soon as I was finished. Yeah, yeah. He take the stage and go, church is over, God damn it. Church is <laughs> But he was a, a great friend, a friend and he always said, Tony, I love you because uh, if, you, if you were dirty, I'd have to be dirtier. So therefore, it was a uh, 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 yin and yang. Yeah. 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 May he rest in peace also. Mm. Yeah. May he rest in peace. What do you think your favorite show was working side by side with one of the other big time comedians in the 90s and, you know, that time frame? I know you speak a lot about Jim Carrey in your book. So, um who who would you know to call today to like get him to laugh and for you to get them to laugh? Well, a lot of them would say, um, "You still got my my money?" <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, Jay. He he's always been very Jerry Lindell's always been nice. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. always been welcoming. Always, always. And you were on his show how many times? Three. Three, yeah. yeah. Are we talking about Jay Leno? Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. I was uh I was on um, Arsenio seven times. So he's always been nice. Yeah. That's the cool thing about Hollywood is that um if anyone ever said anything negative about Anthony, his reputation perceived him in that they would go. No, that's not Anthony. You must be talking about a different kind of Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's always been known as the 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 awesome sweet friend who doesn't do a lot of gossiping or anything like that. And uh, he's been very supportive. 
everybody in the comedy community have been very supportive. They really have, yeah. And I love how you wrote about all of them individually in your book and how you would joke with each other and that you are always the good boy. And I know this to be true because we have had dinners and we have had lunches and you and Robert are always well behaved and Brigetta and I are always swearing and not behaving. Right, because remember we tried to get Anthony to say a swear word. Yes. Swear and he doesn't like, and Robert doesn't like you to swear either. He's just like, he'll, what? when I swear, he's like, I, what just came out of your mouth? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 And do you ever say, uh, it's the MS? It's not me. <laughs> well, lately, I'm like, he's like, did you do that? I'm like, it wasn't me. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> My friend called MS. Yeah, that 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 uh, multiple scrone. Yeah. yeah, multiple scrone did it, not me. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But see, that's the balance that you balance Robert out. Balance. We balance each other out, just like you and Anthony balance each other out, and that's why you're still happily married and you're still moving forward. So, with that being said. As a married couple that has gone through the thick, the thin, losing a child, still married, dealing with this disease that nobody can predict at any given time, you having your career, Brigetta, you went back to college, you became a doctor, dealing with everything, Anthony slowing down in the Hollywood world and, you know, coming together and finding that balance how what kind of advice would you give to a newly married couple that just got married and one of them got diagnosed with ms what would you advise them of not what not to do and how to continue to move forward in the marriage well i would say you know life is difficult is that it has challenges but when there's two people, uh, it's it's better. It gets better, even uh, if you're just married. You, because we were in our twenties, it gets better. Mm -hmm. It's it gets better. So why stop in the early? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with even, that. Even even with MS, it's it's um, you know, I'm quick to ask people to help. People are willing to help you if you tell them, hey, could you do this for me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I see myself as the ambassador with MS because I can help guide others who, are, who have MS. Yeah, go yeah. through it. That life, you still got to pay bills. Yeah. Um, you still got to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, but, Uncle Sam says, okay, you have MS, and so what? Uh -huh. Yeah. And he yeah. still takes our money. Yes. He yes. takes it. Oh, Pimp Daddy, he's like the first in line. Yes. yes he really is. Yes. That's I not fair. That it's not fair, right? Life's not fair. <laughs> but you, yeah, you definitely have to have, have to pay the shakedown fee with Uncle, <laughs> Uncle Samuel. But I, I think I think I, I like that tone. I think because 
you know, as you grow in, hopefully one grows in the newness of their relationship. The new norm. The new, the, yeah, it becomes a new normal. Um, I think that it's going to be imperative for couples uh, to appreciate that each couple, each person, each individual comes to the relationship with their own, and I can't think of another word, but their own journey, their own baggage. And sometimes it could be heavy. It could be like a backpack full of rocks. And that one, that the couple does not have to be so synchronized in how they think and what they do, that autonomy is, is, is a, a four-letter word. Um, I think when, when a, a relationship is real new, uh, we're under the impression that we do everything together. You don't even have to close the bathroom when you go. <laughs> Get rid of that thought. Get rid of that thought because there's <laughs> there's <laughs> there's something that we really need to honor as as we get older, which is emotional privacy. Yes, <laughs> being a guy, yeah. I don't want to see you in yeah. the bathroom. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know that would traumatize you. Emotional <laughs> emotional privacy is going to be really really important. Uh, 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 taking the vow of being each other's accountability partner and uh, if the partner who has been stricken with this autoimmune issue whether, whether it be MS whether it be diabetes whether it be lupus or fibromyalgia, uh, cancer heart right, disease right. Yes, it, it is your responsibility as a partner and a helpmate to do your research don't 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 sit on it. Don't sit on it because you are you are and here I go. You will be of no use to your partner if you sit and you and you you get in the pity part. That, no, that's not the time. That's not the time. Get the hell up. Go to the computer and do a, so much research that you will become a have a PhD in knowing how your partner ticks, what uh, causes your partner to have uh, backslides when you go into the, the, the doctor's office. You are the, the physician's assistant when you go into the doctor's office and you assist your partner. You want to you ask for scans. You want to ask for MRIs. You want them to interpret those scans for you. Know the brain. Get, get it. Amazon has a model of a brain. You can get it via a hard copy. You can get you know, you can get those skulls. Know the brain. Mm -hmm. Please know the brain. Know where the frontal lobe is. Know what that does. Mm -hmm. Know where the occipital. There, my phone went off. Know <laughs> where the the occipital lobe is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, I, did you go dark because I think it's dark you're... because but... no, oh, okay. I can oh, see no. you. I can see you. Okay, sorry about that. I can see you. But... You're good because I was going on a tangent and my phone said, oh, here she goes. Yes. <laughs> here she goes. You know, but I actually, that's a very good thing to bring up, Brigetta. I've never, I mean, I talk about doing your own research. I talk about being your best advocate. I always talk about being the best CEO of you because yes. if this, is, yes. if you can't run this at 100% capacity, you yes. can't run anything else in your life. So, but I yeah. never thought about telling people to get a brain. 
to literally buy a human, not a human brain, buy a brain and learn what the brain is about. So when you're trying to describe multiple sclerosis, because usually when people hear MS, they don't understand what the what it is, and you know usually they hear um, whoops. Okay, are you okay? Hello. Oh my gosh. All right, forget it. If you can hear me, please tell me you're okay. Oh my gosh, I hope they're okay. And I don't hear Anthony either. Okay, everybody, I need to check on them and make sure everything is okay and that they are well, um, that they're okay, that nothing tripped or anything happened. So I would like to thank you all for watching this episode today and learning about both of them, Brigetta, Brigetta and Anthony, and how passionate they are about each other's lives and that they did not give up and they have been through so many emotional struggles, so many battles throughout their life. And now they are being honored with their book coming to life to the main theater screens. And please, today, if you can, go out to Amazon, which is probably the fastest way to get this book, and get the book Behind the Laughter, A Comedian's Tale of Tragedy and Hope. And then you will understand how they have literally lived their life thick and thin through everything and also through the eyes of a comedian and through the heart of a lion. And with that being said, please follow their Instagram pages and know that they are true souls. They're amazing. They have always been in love and love is strong and when you finally find that partner in your life hold on to them tight and keep loving them and with that also bobcat moretti is going to be shooting again in june july and august fin- finishing up the film and you can be a part of this living history by going to gofundme at bobcat moretti on their instagram page And, you know, whatever you can afford, just send that in and we will be forever truly grateful of that. And when the film comes out, you will know that you were part of this making history to bring awareness to multiple sclerosis, obesity, and family trauma in life in general. I'm going to say goodbye right now because I really need to go call Anthony and Brigetta to make sure that they are okay. So thank you so much for watching. We love you all. Stay tuned for next Wednesday's guest and next Friday's review. You will find me here every Wednesday at Bobcat Moretti doing the live interviews. I wish you all well. God bless.